Welcome to the Tune Shed, the workshop for everything music from history, theory, creative process, you name it. Today I'm here with a new host because Marty is simultaneously out of power and at a wedding. So it's my lovely partner, Antonia Dubel. What's Hello. up? And we're also sitting at my new piano, which I just got thanks to my Aunt Heidi. Thank you, Aunt Heidi. I now have a piano. We're sitting at it. It's great. And today we're going to do music theory, yeah? Yeah, I'm excited. So this is the one time that Antonia has to uh, sit through and be subjected to my nerdy rants. And uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Oh, yeah, it's going to be good. So um, yeah, today we, I was just thinking we'd do something simple because Marty's gone. you got to keep it simple. Um, and we'll just talk about theory and how you, you don't you don't really need music theory. I think this is like one of the biggest maybe mistakes I made in my musical history was that I decided that music theory was the one thing I needed to figure out how to make music. So then I went to music school and studied theory for four years and then realized at the end of it, okay, I know that now, but I still don't know how to write music and you know, needed a whole bunch of other skills too. But at the same time, one thing music theory does kind of nicely is help me uh, you know, just Start understand what I'm doing about it. Piano. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, help me subject people to rants about music theory and uh, classify as a music nerd. Yeah. So if you're interested in those things, it's really important. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think we should start with the basics. And actually, Antonia, you're just learning the piano, so I figured I'd put you on the spot and have you play your song okay. that you learned in our first lesson together. Mm, yeah, I've had one piano lesson so far. I've never learned how to play any instruments. Uh, I signed up to play violin in third grade, and I broke my violin. So... My next lesson was piano class with Blake, and I learned how to play the beginning of one song. <laughs> hit it, hit it. Okay. This one? Yeah. That is awesome. I'm sure y'all know that song and we're singing along. Are there words? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> How does that song go? It's like old. There's no words. How does everyone know that song? What even is that song? Because it's what they teach you in your first piano class. It's called like Fioralise or something, right? No, that's like the... Oh, you're so right. Okay, I don't know what that song was that I just played then. Me neither. But somehow we You taught it to me. That's crazy how, like, you just know these weird songs from the past, and anyways. <laughs> anyways, well, I figured I would uh, now rant about music theory. So the first thing to say about it is that it's really just a tool in the toolkit. That's what I've come to learn, that you don't need to know everything. There's really not much reason for knowing everything. But everything you do know, you can use to help you make sense of the musical world. Um, so, for example, if you're reading music... You can recognize patterns because you sort of know what keys are, you know what chords are. So instead of reading every individual note on the page, which is really hard to do, and I'm really bad at reading music, so I know that struggle, you start to recognize patterns and say, oh, I recognize that. That's a C chord. I can just play that. I don't need to think about it. Totally. So that's kind of cool. The second thing that might be even cooler for people who don't read music, because a lot of people don't, is being able just to like have words to name what you're listening to. So you hear a song and you're like, ooh, I like this chord progression, right? Or I like this melody. Why do I like it? Oh, well, I found that I like melodies that are in a minor key a lot. And I tend to like 
get really excited when the police have a song and the verse is in minor and I love it. And then they switch major and it just feels a little corny to me. And now I know that about songs, that that's something I like and don't like and I have words to describe it. So theory is a great tool for that, even though a lot of the naming comes from really, really old history and some of it's antiquated. Sometimes there's multiple words, so it can get confusing, but overall the concepts um, are pretty simple. So music theory kind of gives you a language or a lens to listen to music through and to, to discuss it with other people? Yeah, absolutely. And to just discuss it with yourself. Like if you're trying to make music, you can recognize things that you like um, and sort of remember them in, in good ways. Um, another example is just for pure memory. Like there's a really classic four chord progression. You might have seen the YouTube video. There's a hundred pop songs that use the same four chords. Now, if you don't know those I chords. I actually made one. Oh, nice really? Well, yeah. What song? My friend. Like eight of them or like 80. Oh. There's always like a hundred. Oh, you made point. your own remix? Of the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> yeah, there is like a hundred and um, yeah, like you could learn those chords one at a time or you can hear it, recognize it and say, hey, I can chunk that together in my memory. A little psychology term there, chunking. So then it's a lot easier to think about that because instead of thinking, oh yeah, that's a G and then an A chord and then an E chord or whatever it is, you just say, oh yeah, I know those chords. Mm. Um, so you start to like build these sort of patterns that make your life easier when you're doing music. And the easier your life is in terms of cognitive energy, I feel like the more you can put into creative energy. So theory kind of leads to ease of use in all the domains. Yeah. Understanding and, and ease of use. Although, as executed by me, I can play piano okay, but I am not the best piano player in the world. And, you know, if I went back into music school again, I would do maybe half the theory courses and double my practice time. Mm. <laughs> um, cool. So, let's learn some stuff. Um, so probably the first thing to know about music theory, if, if, you, have, if you have no idea where to start, is that we, you just start labeling things. So in the middle of the piano, there's something called middle C. And then the next thing us humans did when trying to understand music is put the things into groups. So a group could be a C major scale. We call it a scale or a key. So that sounds like this. Very do basic. Yes, do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. There you go. Or as Marty likes to do, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Mm. One. <laughs> I like Julian Andrews um, way better. <laughs> yeah, I well, I it's a little bit more musical, do re mi fa so, but it gets a little tricky when you have to go fa so ti do la. True, you know, like, true. So then when it you does use the, start to sound like nonsense. Yes, <laughs> and <laughs> singers get really good at that, which is called solfege, and it can be helpful. But at the same time, you can use one, two, three. So then you, when you're singing and practicing, mm. you can go three, one. You know, you can got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just lessening the cognitive effort. So anyways, that's a scale, and really what a scale is is just a grouping of notes, and there's a relationship between these notes, so there's a pattern. Um, and this pattern can actually start anywhere. So for example, this is starting on C. This is starting on D. So those are the same distances between all those notes, just starting at a different place. And a lot of time musicians say, oh yeah, like C has a different character than D major. They're mm. like slightly different. Okay. Um, like but different emotion? Or? Maybe a slightly different emotion. They have like favorites, but that's a really nuanced difference compared to C major compared to C minor, for example. Mm, okay. um, or a different minor. So here's what a minor scale sounds like. 
Uh, and, you know, there's variations on minors, too, as there's a couple different types. But that's the basic minor scale. Okay. Um, and so typically people say major is happy. It's a happy chord. And then this is a little bit more sad or moody or nuanced in a way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can kind of hear that. And I think that is something that's pretty universal around the world. Not 100%, but pretty close. People just sort of sense that this has a bit more mood to it. Bad news just happened in the movie when that Bad news sounds. bears. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and actually, speaking of that, there's a lot of sounds that we just sort of intuitively associate with different moods. Uh, and a lot of times this comes from like cultural experience. So you might recognize... <gasps> a shark is coming. <laughs> right. So that that's just... Uh, those two notes are right next to each other in the piano. It's a half step away, we say. Uh, and you can really... I could have played that in a different... So I started on C in that example, but I could play it lower. Oh, that one's a big shark. Or even lower. Right? So it's about the relationship between the notes, not necessarily where you start. So that's sort of like C major versus D major. They sound similar. Very nuanced difference, but it's mostly about the relationship. Um, so yeah, so scales are really helpful to know and memorize starting on all the different notes. Um, because what happens is you're playing along with your friends or something, and or you're playing along with a song you like, and you're like, oh, I recognize this scale. And then all of a sudden, you know all the notes that will sort of fit with that song. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, you're just sort of like if you were trying to jam or improvise, you'd just be like hitting random notes. being, Oh, that didn't sound good. Oh, that sounded okay. But if you know like the scales. I to play the piano. Exactly. Let's, yeah, you know. <laughs> yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yes. <laughs> so you can sound like that or you can sort of recognize a pattern. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, and then I guess the next thing to do from there is understand chords. So we label we label the scale do re mi fa so or one two three four five six seven. Within that, there's also chords, which are just sets of notes. So here's the first note of C major. Here's the first chord of C major. So that's just three notes. So it's every other note. Um, you can think of it as one three five if you want. That's a major chord. And then what happens is if you slide along in the scale, you start to realize patterns. So in major scales, if you start on C, the first chord is happy, major. Mm -hmm. Now if you slide up to the second chord in the scale, which starts on D, it's Ooh. minor. And the third chord is minor. The fourth chord is major, right? So there's these patterns emerging. And if you go to any major scale and do that, the pattern will be the same. Okay. So that's why it starts to get helpful if you know your scales and you're playing music, you know, oh, this is a D chord and we're in the scale of C major, it must be minor, right? You know that intuitively once you've sort of played around with this a lot. So I have a clarifying question. Yeah. So when you're playing the scale, will you do that really fast? Yeah. Never mind. Sometimes when you play the scale, you touch the black keys. Oh, right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, looking at the piano here, C major is a great example because it's all the white keys. You don't have to worry about the black keys. Okay. Um, when I did D major, you noticed I touched some of the black keys, and that's actually because of the pattern. So look, first let me explain what whole steps and half steps are. Got it. So two keys right next to each other, like the Jaws theme, mm -hmm. that's a half step. A whole step is next to each other with one note in the middle, right? Got it. That's a whole step. Yeah. 
So each scale is made up of patterns of half steps and whole steps. So a major scale goes whole step, whole step, half step. So, so that's the half step. Mm -hmm. And then whole step, whole step, whole step, half step. Okay. So it's kind of long, but it goes whole, whole, half, whole, 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 half. Got it. A minor scale has a different pattern. It goes whole, half, whole, whole, half, whole. Which is a little bit different. Yeah. But that, that relationship's always the same. So that's why if you start on C, there's no black keys involved. If you start on D, to maintain the pattern, you actually move up into the black keys. Does that make sense? Okay. So would a chord sometimes have a black key in it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Depending on where you start. And actually, scales can start on black keys, too. Like, one of my favorite scales to play in uh, starts on a black key. You know, you're playing all, almost all black keys, and it really fits nicely in your fingers on the piano. Okay. Um, but yeah, so so the, yeah, it's just easy examples. C major, A minor, all white keys, really easy to use for examples, just because that's a coincidence of the pattern. Got it. Um, yeah, so I guess once you know your chords, then you can start to recognize more patterns. Uh, the next thing to know is that uh, there's a whole bunch of weird versions of chords, essentially. So you have three notes in a chord, but sometimes you might add a fourth note. So one, three, five is your original C major chord. You might add a seven. Ooh, nice and spicy. Mm -hmm. Sounds jazzy, right? It does. Jazz uses what we call seven chords a lot, and there's different types of them too. Just like there's a major chord and a minor chord that have three notes in it, there's a major seven chord and a minor seven chord which have four notes. So that's the major seven. Um, and then you might recognize that's the minor seven. And then that's usually in jazz, but it's also in things like Mario. Yeah. Good stuff. So those are all over, and those are good to add character. Like if you want to add some spice into your music, that's kind of cool. Okay. Um, what else to know? Oh, the other thing that's important to know is chords sometimes come in inversions. So you might, if you played a song that goes... Sounds okay, sure. But instead of playing those notes in order, like for example, I have one, three, five here. I could play them out of order, like three, five, and then one way up here instead, mm. right? So that has a bit different character. Same notes, but just inverted. We call them inversions. You could also add the root note or the one note down here too. So it's inverted because it's just offset a little bit? It's offset, yep. So here's another inversion. This one we have the, the five or the, the top of the chord in the original. You put that on the bottom. Then you have another inversion. Okay. And that's really a fun way to make things sound, like this sounds a little blocky, especially if you play like, mm -hmm. like you're just doing that, it's a little bit boring. Mm -hmm. So what you might do is go, you know, this is a little open here, it's nice. You know, there's a little variation. Um, so that's a good way to do things. Okay. Um, and yeah, that's kind of the, the basics of it. It's just you kind of play with your chords. Um, there's some special relationships in scales, which are, which are cool. Okay. Um, and actually, way back in the day, Mozart, Bach, they kind of coined some things in music which are still relevant today. Cool. So one of them is a relationship of five to one. So the fifth chord in the scale, which is frequently a seven chord. And there's something about this chord that's kind of interesting. Doesn't it feel like it wants to go somewhere? Yeah. So we're, like, maybe we can break it down by note. 
Where does this note feel like? Does it want to go up or down? Maybe I'll play it and you tell me which yeah. one sounds better. Or. Down? Down, right. Okay. So you hear this and you want that high note to go down. Oh, that's Ooh, true. That's pretty nice, isn't it? And then there's another note in here that wants to go somewhere. It's the this note. So here's the chord again. And this is the middle or the third of the chords, the second note in the chord. Okay. That can either go or Ooh, up for that one. Right. So you have one going down, one going up. You can call those leading tones for short, because they're leading you somewhere. Okay. Leading you home to the the root chord. So this Ooh. is the five chord, five seven. And where does it want to go and wants to resolve? Oh, that's nice. That is nice. So way back in the day, all the classical composers were doing this 5-1 relationship. Okay. Uh, and it's still all over music today. Wow. It's like actually there's this music theorist, to really nerd out for a second, who decided that every chord is actually some version of 5 to 1. Wow. <laughs> kind of a crazy idea. But if you look at the 2 chord... And this is getting a little out there. You don't really need to know this. But the two chord in the scale, so here's the one chord. Here's the two chord. It has a leading tone in it. The two kind of wants to go back down to one. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like acting like that. The five chord also has the two note, the second note in the scale in it that wants to go down to one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like all chords have some elements that are sort of leading you back home. Uh, and then really fun things happen. You'll get songs like uh, Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. Everybody loves that song, right? Mm -hmm. That song goes between four and five for the whole song. It actually never goes home to one. So you're hearing this chord, and then this chord, and then this chord, mm -hmm. and then this chord, and you never get to go home and resolve to one. So that's why it sort of has this feeling of like it's calling you, it gets stuck in your head. It's like, oh, let that song resolve. Yeah, so but that doesn't. was going to be my question, is that... Like, is that a trick that they play with for those, like, super catchy songs, like, oh, to get time. them to stick in your head? Or Yes, absolutely. There's a Katy Perry song, I forget which one, but it also doesn't resolve. Um, and then sometimes, too, they might just end the song. Instead of ending on the one chord all happy and resolved, they'll end it on the five chord. Like, on the upbeat, sort of. You're just like, that. it stops suddenly. In lots of songs, mm. it's kind of a styly thing to end suddenly. Yeah. But if you end on that chord that's not resolved, your brain's thinking, ah. This needs to resolve. And why is it thinking that? Maybe because of like hundreds of years of people writing music that did that. Yeah. Um, and this is a very Western train of thought for Western music and sort of the classical composers. Composers. There's lots of other styles that don't necessarily follow this, but a lot of music today does follow it. Um, yeah. Cool. Cool stuff? Pretty cool stuff, yeah. I guess one last thing that's kind of fun. So you got your major scales, your minor scales. Uh, check out some of our other podcasts. We have um, some things called modes, which is different versions. They're not major. They're not minor. Actually, major and minor are types of modes. And oh. then there's other modes, too, that have different patterns. So like whole, whole, half, you know, that pattern I was saying earlier. They, like, mess with that, and okay. they sound kind of weird. They're a little less commonly used. So. Are they, like, between major and minor? Like, is it a spectrum of sound? or? Uh, it's just a different pattern. So okay. you might recognize major and minor a lot because you hear them a lot, um, but you might get this weird pattern in a different mode that sounds different. Um, so we have one of those out, and we're going to do a bunch more. Uh, we had a couple fans writing and saying they wanted to hear more about that, <laughs> so we're going to do that. And then there's also tons of weird scales 
that you can Google that are different. Like everybody knows this song. That you play with your knuckles. I don't know that song. You don't know that? No, but I have oh, my other piano song, too. song. It's this one. Oh. <laughs> Flight of the Bumblebee. My grandpa played that all the time. Really? Yeah. yeah. Great he could, taste. He could rip it. He could play it so fast. Yes. Both hands? Oh, yeah. There's some stuff going on in your left hand. Your right hand's going... Oh, my God. This is an actual song. Yeah, I'll play it for you. It's really cool. I can't play it on the piano, but I'll play it on the speakers okay, for you. Okay, okay. It's like your hand's so cramped, and it's just, like, super fast. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but I was going to say, there's other types of scales that have, like, maybe not seven notes. Like, this is the pentatonic scale, five notes. An easy example of it is just the black keys. Some people say it's kind of like Asian inspired or maybe like bl the blues. There's a blues scale. That's a variant. Mm. Um, and then there's really weird scales like one where the, instead of going whole, whole, half, that pattern, if you just go only whole steps, mm. uh, it makes you feel really lost. So here's what it sounds like. kind of like mysterious yeah. lost sound and what's fun about that one is there's only two versions of it because if you start a half step up it sounds like and then if you start anywhere else in the piano you're just playing an iteration of the same thing cool so there's two versions of that one that one's kind of cool so yeah these are the types of things that like you absolutely don't need to know but you can just go google like oh what's a cool blues scale what's a cool like scale from some, you know, anywhere really, like, you know, pick a region and sort of study that type of music, see what type of cool scales they have and play with those. Um, but you definitely don't need them like in your pocket just to go make music, but they help you identify patterns and stuff. Totally. Cool stuff. Super cool stuff. All right, you want to end on this song? Okay, what do I do? You just use your knuckles and you put it right on the, the black key on the left side or the right side and you roll down. And then you jump over and hit this one. And then roll up. Yep. And hit it in there. Oh, so good. <laughs> <laughs> Should I do it faster? Yeah, hit it. Yeah. Incredible. I know well, two songs now. Two songs and one rant on music theory. Incredible. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for your patience, Antonia. Thanks for listening. Hope you learned something cool. Yeah, thanks for having me. I definitely learned some cool stuff. All right, until next time. Oh, you have to say bye like Marty. You got to go bye. Bye. Perfect. I love it. <laughs>